It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Mexico. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we are, off and running on this sixth day of March, 2023, the beginning of the first full week of March of 2023. This is the Live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the Great Globe Round. And uh, if you should happen to pop in just now, you will be greeted by the early arrival crew. Yep. And by that, I mean uh, uh, Daryl in Houston and Irish Dave, Matt in San Francisco, Natural 321, Ralphs, and Squeaky are all there probably wondering where I am. Well, I'm here. And... Uh, well, it, I'm here, and there was a couple of minutes delay in getting the program going just because I was having a hard time connecting to the server. But as he always does, uh, the, uh, the, the the fearless and undauntable Brother Deacon Asa made all the little made all the widgets uh, be happy, and so I'm here. And by the way, um, if you are a podcast listener. And, you know, it blows my mind. People tell me, you know, I listen on twice. I listen at twice the speed. I must I, I, I must I must sound like an elf on acid at double speed. I, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you're a podcast listener, A, thank you. B, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening on TuneIn, press that little heart button on the player. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Say something. And um, it will really, really, it, it does. It makes a difference. I'm, I was, I was a non-believer, but I am now completely, totally, absolutely convinced that it really does make a difference. Kind of seeing the numbers go up some, and that's why, because y'all are liking and subscribing. It doesn't cost anything, and it makes things ever so much better. It just does. Let's see. Uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So thanks go out to our 
sixth day of the month PayPal subscribers, fifth day and fourth day of the month subscribers. And what that means is uh, we say thank you to David, formerly of San Diego, now of uh, Oregon. Thank you to Michael in Madison. Uh, thank you to our buddy, uh, our buddy Don in West Tennistan. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks to Stephen. That was tremendous, Stephen. And thank you to John. Thank you, John. And thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thanks so much to Kevin in Colorado Springs and Kenda in Missouri. Thank you. Um, thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Kim and Malin in New Jersey. Thank you, Paul. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep this long-running effort at independent, liberal, progressive broadcasting, non-capitalist, non-commercial broadcasting on the air. It's absolutely magnificent. So the fundraising goal, as it stands, is $535. We are all, we almost got done with last week. That was so cool. And there is... There is... Uh, a challenge on the table to get us started for the week. And let me... Uh, um, Kat in Ohio says, uh, subject line challenge, $50 challenge, woke is the official word of the Republicans. They all got the memo. Go on TV, say woke. Oh, joy, 2024 campaign is going to be the year of woke. No joke. So the $50 Woke No Joke Challenge is on the table. Thank you so much, Kat. I do, we all appreciate it. Thank you so very much. So uh, if we meet the challenge, that means, bang, we're down to 435. And that's magnificent. And hopefully we'll get off to a, a good start this week. Program note, uh, a couple of program notes. Just a reminder, because, uh, what's that, Ralphs? Kayla is standing right by my iPad attempting to push it off the table. Kayla, go play in the blinds. <laughs> uh, don't don't push mommy's iPad off in the ta- off of the table. Don't do that. The screens are fragile. Um, so anyway, program note. Sorry, Kayla and me, you know, cats, easy, easily, easily distracted. What a squirrel. Uh, so there will. I'd say the likelihood is strong. This is a little bit stronger than the usual Magic 8-Ball answer hazy ask again later. Uh, Going to the Capitol in Charleston again this Thursday uh, for a rally. I I don't get to dress down the house again, darn it. I'm ready with the next one, next chance I get, though. I am. Um, the rally starts at 2 I'll be there at 1 um, and so I mean if it odds are yeah odds are odds are very slim that there will be a program on Thursday but if something happens and I'm able to be there be back in time for the program you better know that I absolutely will be so that's pro, that's the, that's program update one. Um, 
program update number two, I mentioned that I'm going to be attending a film festival uh, in Princeton, New Jersey at the end of this month. That will require me to uh, be gone on the 24th. The film festival's on the 26th. I've been asked to stay and guest lecture a couple of classes. That'll be the 27th. And since I'm going to be going through D.C. anyway, I'm going to stop there along the way, and I'm going to do I'm going to do some lobby work on the ACE Act. So that'll probably put me home either the evening of the 29th or early on the 30th. So I know that's a little bit complicated, but and you know I hate to be you know I hate to be away, but these are both. These are both work. I feel like they are, you know, standing up, standing up for my right to be, you know, alive. Uh, feels like work. It certainly doesn't feel like a party. And then we badly need to get get back to working in D.C. Um, simply because it's been so, it's been so long. And the AK Act, even though this is a shit Congress. You still have to get the bill reintroduced, and that work is in progress. And then we need lots of co-sponsors. Um, so that's that's going to be the purpose. Of, and so I'll be in and out of congressional offices on the 28th and 29th, and then you know, start home on the 30th. Um, Again, I hate to be away, but if there's a good reason to be away, this is it. And that both and and both of the reasons I'm going to be away have to do with Appalachian uh, Appalachian survival. Because that's exactly what it is. So anyway, that having been said, those are the two those are the two program notes that I'm aware of. And uh, of course, I'll be back for Friday on the front porch this week. I was just now looking at. Uh, so yeah, what I'm talking about at the end of March is more or less the better part of that week. Uh, if I'm home, we can at least get two programs in the 30th and the 31st, Thursday and Friday. There's really no way for me to take the rig with me, um, simply because there won't there won't be time. There just won't be. And of course, if any of you are within striking distance of Princeton, New Jersey, uh, come to the Princeton Environmental Film Festival and join me in viewing. Uh, Devil Put the Coal in the Ground, which, as I've said before, is a profound, profoundly powerful piece of documentary filmmaking. And, uh, again, that's Sunday the 26th of March. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Ralphs. Um, 
Ralphs has added to the challenge on the table by offering a $25 challenge for, for Kayla. Kayla, who is looking a bit... Ralphs, Kayla's looking a little bit put out. Did she not appreciate being told not to not to shove the iPad off the table? Uh, but there... It, Kaylee gets a $25 challenge, so that means there's potentially a chance to bring down the fundraising goal by $135 or $150, which would get us down to $385. That would mean we were almost done with uh, nothing left but $85 of last week. So enough, but enough talk about that. We got stuff to talk about. It's more in Monday. Oh boy, is it more in Monday? Uh, let's start at uh, let's start it in proper fashion, shall we? You've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. These are people of the land, you know, morons. <laughs> Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right up. You will not believe your ears. It's Moran Monday on the horn. Yes, yes, yes. Here, here, behind this thin cybernetic veil of canvas, just steps away from the main carnival midway, where only moments ago you were desperately, desperately tossing ping pong balls at goldfish bowls in the hopes of bringing home not a goldfish, but in fact, a precious baby iguana to whom you can feed romaine for the rest of your days and don't let it get too cold or it'll fall off the tree. Anyway, behind this thin cybernetic veil, we have all manners of morans. Pasty-faced, bleach-blonde morans. Orange morans. Birthers, deathers, ninthers, tenthers, birchers, baggers, libertarians, maggots, republicans, morans all... And they're waiting for you right inside the tent. Yes, for only a ten dollar a month, the uh, ten dollar a month subscription, you can make sure that the Moran Monday uh, circus continues to show up all over the, all over the country every Monday. Oh, excuse me, I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't have put so much gin on the cornflakes this morning. At any rate, anyone entering the Moran Monday tent should be cognizant and mindful and keep a close eye on purses, backpacks, bracelets, rings, necklaces, ankle bracelets, toe rings, piercings, children, small animals, even the iguana you won throwing ping pong balls at goldfish bowl, bowls and very masculine European style messenger bags because the Morans can get grabby. Head for the hills, and you'll be up to your armpits in Morans. And you will. You really, really will. I mentioned pasty-faced, bleach-blonde Morans a moment ago. These are the nick-ups, by the way. I still like one of those little pouches every now and then. Um, yes, yes, Marginal Trailer Queen is... Well, she wants to... 
Get her war on. And by that, I mean uh, this post. Yeah. Kill the Calliope there. Our military should be stationed at our southern border. The whole military, I guess. Bring them home from South Korea. Bring them home from Germany. Bring them home from wherever they are. Put them on the southern border. We should strategically strike and take out the Mexican cartels. Not the Mexican government or their people, but the Mexican cartels which control them all. They are international terrorists and criminals murdering Americans every day with drugs and crime. Drugs and crime. So, legal drugs and crime or illegal drugs and crime? And then it's crime and crime? (sighs) Yeah. They're making billions on drug and human trafficking and are terrorizing anyone who stands in their way. Our military is competent and should take them out swiftly. Make an example out of these monsters. The only difference between cartels and ISIS is that the cartels are on our southern border. Wait a minute! I can't keep their talking points straight. It wasn't a year ago that the 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 the, the, the there two years what there was a there was a caravan and it was a huge caravan and it was it was coming to it was it was coming to steal America. And, it, and, and there were all kinds of ISIS people in it, too. And MS-13, remember? I can't keep up. She is so dumb. I mean, she's a real dumb-dumb. Do-a-diddy-dumb-diddy-dumber. How does she propose to take out the cartels without violating the... The, the, the national sovereignty of Mexico. Now, she wants to hang Ukraine out to dry and let the Russians just overru- overrun them. But we should invade another country because of cartels. Sure, Marge. You bet. I don't know if that happens before or after the national divorce. Now, maybe if it's after the national divorce, you, you can you can take the Jesus Land troops, mostly probably comprised of meal team six, stuffing their pockets with donuts and beer and heading for the border. Because, you know, the United States military won't be there. And the bases will be empty and all the cool shit will be gone. Maybe they maybe they maybe they can make their uniforms gray. Jesus Land, Dixie Land, MAGA Land. It, it all kind of it all kind of works. It's who they are. But that's just that's just the starting place. With the woke challenge, uh, Steve in New York responded. Uh, 
uh, a Fox 13 story from Tampa Bay. Now, I understand, Steve says, that this is a Fox local affiliate, but I've, had the, I've he- heard this from other sources. The story goes back to December of last year. And it has to do with the basic story uh, of, of him uh, removing and disenfranchising the voters who elected Andrew Warren to be the state's attorney in Hillsborough County. And during that trial, a question was asked of a witness under oath Uh, by Warren's attorney, Jean-Jacques Cabou. And remember, please, Warren won the case, but he lost the case. The judge said it was wrong. The judge said it was biased. The judge said it was politically motivated. And then he said, but I can't do nothing about it. Which he, by the way, was wrong about. It was, it was, a, chicken, it was a chicken shit kind of a, uh, uh, an opinion. But in defining, being asked to define woke, general counsel for Ron Monkey Up DeClantis said that to be woke, it means, quote, the belief there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. And then he went on and said, and by the way, my client doesn't believe there are systemic injustices in the country. Then Taryn Fenske, uh, who was the comms director, uh, the, the, the comms creep in, creep in chief for Monkey Up, said it's a slang term for activism, progressive activism. Well, she's wrong. It is a term, much like critical race theory, that has its roots in the black community as a description of what it means to be aware, vitally aware, of the nature and the history of the country that we live in. So odious. And while we're at it, because this was kind of the top of the stack to it. Oh, thank you. Um, donating today for International Women's Day 2023. Jude writes, I'm offering $20 for the, for the intention of all women aligning, especially my horn sisters, this Wednesday, March 8th. Peace. Thank you, Jude. Thank you so very much. And uh, that, that so that gets us... Uh, that knocks out $20 of the $75 in challenges on the table. Thank you, Jude. And thank you for that intention. Stephen, New York says, Troops on the southern border definitely bring the troops from the Iraq. Such as? Yeah. Do. I want to talk a minute about corporate cowardice and political courage.
the political courage part is kind of easy, and it dovetails with the corporate cowardice. The political courage, well, that's it. Like I said, that's easy. That's Governor Gavin Newsom. Because he did the right thing today. Governor Newsom uh, made an announcement. that the state of California will no longer do business with Walgreens because of the decision that corporate made at Walgreens not to sell the abortion pill, Mifeprestone, in any state where a maggot attorney general objects. There are about 20 of them. Some of them are even states where abortion remains legal. But an attorney general, some some maggot attorney general has said, "Well, I'll sue. I will. I'll sue you." And that was enough to make the Walgreens board wet themselves and run screaming into the night. Chicken shits. Even where it's legal. And a suit that probably would have to ultimately fail. Oh, wait, I forgot about our most puissant dread sovereign supreme Catholic majesties on the court. Whoops. But uh, according to Reuters, California will not do business with Walgreens Boots Alliance, Inc., according, according to Governor Gavin Newsom. He tweeted that today indirect response to Walgreens bowing to the pressure of fetus fetish maggots. Gavin Newsom did the right thing. And he made no bones about it either. One gets the idea that he is fresh out of to give, fucks to give, uh, for these maggot POSs. It's a pity more aren't like him. Uh, the tweet that he sent called them out in no uncertain terms, these maggot states. He tweeted, California won't be doing business with Walgreens or any company that cowers to the extremists and puts women's lives at risk. We're done. So far, this is a sidelight to the case, CVS has remained mum on the issue. 
it should have come as no surprise about Walgreens, though, and I'm sure perhaps maybe it didn't. But remember, they're the ones that uh, said that they were going to bow and scrape to the uh, right-wing freaks that happened to work for them and can't dispense the medication because of the poor little fetuses. Because they got faith-based consciences. Well, take your faith-based conscience and shove it up your ass and go somewhere that you can be a bigot and not a medical professional. Sorry, that's just where I am. And referring to these states and these maggot attorney generals as extremists is exactly right. A spokes creep for Walls, Walgreens wouldn't say anything about the tweet that said, We intend to dispense mifeprestone wherever it is legally possible to do so. Well, it's still legal in some of those maggot states, and you're not doing it, chicken shit. And, of course, there's the obligatory statement at the uh, bottom of the article. Because I guess it's just too, well, it's too catnippy to avoid. Although Newsom has repeatedly denied presidential aspirations, many Democrats view the governor as a potential contender for the Democratic nomination should President Joe Biden decide not to seek re-election. They're finally adding the last part, should he not choose to seek re-election. I hope he does. And I hope we have the common good sense that God gave a gosling to not primary him. Well, I mean, okay. It's not primarying him. But, well, big political news. Marianne Williamson has thrown her hat in the ring. Curiously, she might actually have more support right now than, say, Nikki Haley does. Now, she wanted if, if Marianne Williamson wanted to run on the Republican ticket, I think that, uh, in the Republican primary, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. She'd probably get things thrown at her by the maggots. But... So that's the political political courage and cowardice. Walgreens are the cowards. Newsom is the courageous man of conscience. But when I read that story, it got me thinking about something else, because, yes, it's going to be in the program. Can't help it. These are the issues that are on the table. Ugh, CPAC. We had, a, we, 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 we had some kind of laughs, sort of, on Thorn in the Side Thursday this past week, over the first evening of CPAC, when people were staying away in droves. Well, it ramped up on Friday, and it was going full tilt boogie on Saturday. And it was so gross. So gross. But before we get into that, no, uh, every now and then uh, we come up with uh, 
potential solutions to problems. We're a relatively small community here, but we're the ones who are out in front of the curve thinking about things before they ever dawn on other people. I remember when years and years ago when we came up with the idea of requiring every lawful gun owner to carry a million dollars insurance policy. Some people are actually talking about that now. Or making the price of ammunition prohibitively expensive. People are definitely talking about that now. You know, why not impose a tax on ammunition that goes to a particular fund to pay medical and funeral expenses for the victims of gun violence? There's an idea. You know, like a $10 per bullet tax. Those folks who like to go out and plink away a thousand rounds of uh, AR-15 ammunition, well, they could at least rest, rest easy knowing that the people who get slaughtered by those things will at least have a decent burial because the people who do the slaughtering are, well, more often than not, young white men. And what is referred to in the law as judgment proof. You can sue them all day long, but they got no money to get, no assets, no nothing. But thinking along those lines got me to thinking about, because, see, the Alabama legislature opens tomorrow. And it's going to be Katie bar the door. My friends down there are justifiably terrified of what this legislature will seek to do to them some more. And every nasty thing that's been introduced in the United States that Alabama hasn't already introduced, they will introduce in this session. And it's terrifying. But it occurred to me that there might be... Look, you can't... I I know this. I'm a political realist. I'm a political grown-up. I understand that the maggot legislatures are going to do maggot things and that they think that they have a reason to do it because maggots. But even though they don't respond to political pressure because they're not afraid of the voters and they think the voters are as bigoted as they are, even though they are not, remember... 5% of voters in the last election said that all this anti-trans nonsense absolutely had nothing to do with them and meant nothing to do with them. And it influenced them not a lick, at least not in a positive way. Now, before you just poo-poo this idea out of hand, let it rattle around for a minute. When politicians won't respond to their constituents, all of whom they are supposed to represent, not just the ones who voted for them, well, especially in the case of Republicans, they tend to be very responsive to business. Especially businesses with lots of money that have a significant economic impact on their states. 
When I think about a place like uh, like Alabama, I think about places like Mercedes-Benz and Hyundai. They could leverage tremendous pressure. You know, it's, these, plant, the, these plants don't have to be here, son. We can take them somewhere else. Wouldn't be any skin off our ass. We've already taken all the deductions on building the plant in the first place. Yeah? And check them to see if it's a hollow threat at their peril. So where this led me was a consideration of what is most important in states like Texas and Mozupistan and Talabama. Economic development? Oh, hell no. Quit it. Football. Damn right, football. The NCAA is not the government. The NCAA is a private entity, a private organization, probably a nonprofit. And the NCAA could look at one of these maggot states passing these horrendous laws and say, well, okay, monkey up. Looks like uh, the University of Florida, University of Miami, Florida State, South Florida, Middle Florida, Northeast Florida, Southwest Florida, all those NCAA schools are out, y'all. Done. Because we as an organization cannot stand idly by for an onslaught of bias and bigotry and hate. Can you imagine the howls? Can you imagine? And, you know... The NCAA isn't Disney. They're not stuck in Florida. And scholar-athletes, such, I love that Orwellian phrase, scholar-athletes could go to other schools. Bye-bye, Brigham Young. Bye-bye, Utah State. Bye-bye, University of Utah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Idaho State Vandals. Boise State Smurfs. Bye. Yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. See ya. And I'm sure, and, and Monkey Up could do what Monkey Up does, or Governor Hee Haw Meemaw down in Talabama, or... Uh, Greg Asbot in Texas, it matters not. A lot of them could haul the NCAA into court, and the NCAA could say, hey, we're just acting upon our sincerely held religious beliefs. And the, the, entire, the entire sense of self-worth 
of the state of Alabama resides almost entirely on the exploits of the University of Alabama and Auburn University. It would be it would be wild. Hell, Alabama might even secede. Sickney! No University of Texas in the NCAA. Sorry, Joy. No TCU. No Texas Tech. No BYU. They're not BYU. No, Baylor. Already did BYU. And the NCAA might win. And then all those all those ticket dollars and vending dollars and parking dollars and all those economic multipliers that come with the NCAA gone. And it wouldn't just be football, it would be basketball too. Alabama's kicking ass in, in, in NCAA men's hoops right now. That goes away as well. And so do women's sports. Volleyball, gymnastics, softball, women's soccer. I hate that part. But the NCAA has been less than than steadfast in its defense of Title IX. And so then, when the maggots bitched and brayed and pissed and moaned about, uh, about, about all of that, the simple answer is, these states eliminated women's sports by their insistence upon being bigots. And bigotry has no place in the NCAA. What do you think the NCAA would do if suddenly the University of Alabama just finished the job and went all the way and went back, you know, 75 years and said, we will no longer have any black athletes on our team? Well, the people of the state of Alabama would have a fit because they would realize that they would be at a decided disadvantage. But the NCAA would say, what the, do you think you're, that kind of discrimination is, is, is intolerable. And we do not want you, we, we do not want any member school as a member who would do something like that. And that's kind of where we are. It's necessary to point out that bigotry is bigotry is bigotry is bigotry with, you know, the usual apologies to Gertrude Stein. Because this shit has to end. And, yeah, we're going to do some CPAC stuff. Nitwit Nero. Now, he hasn't given a speech like that since American Carnage. And I don't mean that in a good way. 
But a lot of people, and kind of horrifying as it is to me, I'm kind of glad he said what he said because it's getting a lot of media coverage. A right-wing maggot finally came out, not in a good way, and said what they've all been thinking all along. Showed this clip to Annette Saturday night. We wept together. Because this is terrifying. I mean, this is 1933 in Germany terrifying. This is a failed actor named Michael Knowles. He works alongside the self-described theocratic fascist Matt Walsh and little neo-maxi Zoom dweeby uh, uh, Ben Drywife Shapiro. And let's not leave out Candio. In a $100 million a year enterprise known as the Daily Wire. Now, I don't know why they didn't invite Neo Maxi, little Zoom Dweeby Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh. Maybe they didn't want all three stooges on stage at the same time. Instead, they invited Michael Knowles. Looks like he dyes his hair with coal tar. I mean, he's really got that Reagan greasy headed thing down to a science. And he finally said it out loud. Trigger warning, content warning. I don't know many people who are not absolutely horrified by this clip. And it has not been... Honestly, the last six weeks have not been good for my mental health. But this is the work I do. I joke about, you know, being Odysseus lashed to the mast and listening to the cries of the songs of the sirens. Or taking one for the team. But honestly, it's hard to fathom. Over the course of my time on this planet... that this is where I would find myself at this part, at this stage of my life. Not the transition part. The people wanting to exterminate other people part. Going to play the clip. I hope I've given enough time to anybody who needs to fast forward. It's going to be hard for me to hear again, and I've heard it a dozen times at least. But we'll do a little thought experiment after. In particular, pay attention to how carefully he parses his words, because he knows exactly, Michael Knowles does, knows exactly what he's doing. And he wanted to be able to set up some means of plausible deniability. Hint, it's not plausible. God, here we go. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. 
If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. Notice, again, no mention of trans guys. It's never about the trans guys. And to my, to my, to my, my trans brothers, my sincere apologies. Because they just don't even see trans guys at all. And that shit all started with the TERFs over in the UK, primarily Mary Oldie Engeland. And by the way, a new name for TERFs. You know, TERF stands for trans, trans-exclusive radical feminist. Well, they're not feminists at all, okay? They are not feminists at all. What they are are farts. Feminism appropriating radical transphobes. Farts. Next time you see the word turf, think fart. Feminism appropriating radical transphobes. And I would look at any of them in the eye and say it to their face. So, the trans guys just get disappeared. It's the trans women that sends this guy into a paroxysm, uh, into an absolute frenzy. And that really does say a lot more about him than it does about trans people or people, you know, allies or people who just want to live and let live. Remember, this is a big dollar. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it. Listen to the fascists begin to clap. Especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. Got that? Anybody got the chills? Because I kind of smell smoke from the ovens on the wind with that. For the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, yeah, the poor people. I'm so confused. No, I'm not confused at all. I know exactly who I am. Probably a lot saner than this little fuckwit, too. I don't know. Maybe the Brill Cream's gone to his brain. Transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. There can... And all them white people just clapping and cheering because there's nothing to get a maggot's uh, blood up quite like a call for genocide. He knew the reaction he was going to get. He wanted this reaction because it will add to his bank account. 
But I said there would be a thought experiment. You've heard the quote now. I said there would be a thought experiment. Here's the thought experiment. Because when he got called out on it, he said, no, 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 I wasn't saying trans people should be, identi- uh, uh, should be, should be eradicated, but that transgenderism should. Well, you can't make a noun out of an adjective and call it an ism without taking, without taking with you the people who are that. Some people are falling for it. A lot of people aren't. Rolling Stone published an article early on and said CPAC speaker calls for transgender people to be eradicated. Michael Knowles tweeted at Rolling Stone and said this headline is libelous and I demand a retraction. And Rolling Stone quickly changed the headline to calls for transgenderism to be eradicated. God, the cowardice. So anyway, the thought experiment. Try this on for size. See if it rings any bells. If Knowles had said, for the good of society, Judaism must be eradicated from public life, and then said, well, I just meant Judaism, not Jews, a woman named Bryn Tannehill said, I don't think the Anti-Defamation League would respond with, oh, well, never mind in that case, carry on. Me neither. He had previously said uh, that we should not be tolerated. It's where we are. Whatever you thought about the United States of America, however long you've been on this planet, if this country ever was the country you thought it was, it no longer is. I spent a lot of time wondering what would have happened if I had been able to tell my parents they had a daughter that they never knew about. I like to think they would have loved me just the same. They might not have understood, but I think they would have loved me just the same because they were loving parents. And my father, who fought fascism, and my mother, who was on the home front, who literally made ammunition to kill fascists with, would have been horrified to hear this kind of dialogue in the American marketplace of ideas. It's awful. And, you know, he's not talking about eradicating trans people just in the maggot states. 
He's talking about 3.3 million, roughly, maybe a little more. People all over the United States. And so, uh, uh, some horrible woman at the Daily Wire named Alyssa Cordova said, We're demanding full retractions and apologies from the Daily Beast, Huff Post, and Rolling Stone for their false and libelous claims about Michael J. Knowles, and have referred all these to our general counsel. Well, tell your general counsel to stuff them up his genocidal ass. Eventually, the Daily Beast rolled over and played dead. Rolling Stone rolled over and played dead. But then they came back. Rolling Stone did and went went at Michael Knowles um, under this under a, uh, under a subsection heading evil CPAC speaker calls for eradication of transgenderism and somehow claims he's not calling for elimination of transgender people Peter Wade Ryan Patrick Rice uh, writing there is no separating a ban on transgenderism from an attack on transgender people, says activist Aaron Reed. They are one and the same, and there's no separation between them. So, no, by the way, uh, Knowles' colleague... Matt Walsh? Well, he was a special guest of the gut, and, and this is a guy, try to, try to put aside the tea issue for a moment. Why, why would any governor, Republican or Democrat, Independent. Why would any governor have as his special guest at a bill signing a person who unironically refers to himself as a theocratic fascist? Well, that is exactly what Mississippi Governor Taint, uh, Colonel Governor Taint Reeves did this past week. When Colonel Governor Taint Reeves went to sign the transmedical ban in Mississippi Stan, he invited as his special guest to do an end zone dance and a victory lap. Yes, a person who identifies as a theocratic fascist. If anyone ever tells you they are a fascist, please, for fuck's sake, believe them. 
Nobody says that as a joke. I was I was kidding. Wow, did I get the stink eye too? Um, and a downright look. I was I was kidding with Annette earlier this afternoon. I said, you know, if we ever wind up with another boy cat, I'm going to name him Chairman Meow. And she giggled and then told me, there ain't going to be no more cats. Got enough cats. We do. Chairman Meow is funny. Telling the world that you are really, no kidding, a fascist and that you would like to use fascist policies to compel religious behavior in a country that says there shall be no law abridging the free exercise of religion. Well, a few years ago, just even a few years ago, that would have been a weird flex. Now it's just a day that ends in Y in some states. And the Mississippi Clar- the Clarion Ledger of Mississippi, a, Gann- a Gannett publication, said... The bill bans gender reassignment procedures for Mississippians under the age of 18. Bullshit. Those surgeries are not happening. Just like they're not happening anywhere else. But it bans everything. Counseling, care, puberty blockers, hormones, whatever. Anything that can be used to ease the misery of a tiny minority of kids. But, you know, you do you, Colonel Governor Taint Reeves. Oh, the sun shines bright. Never mind, wrong state. So this is where we are. And Stephen New York says, actually, Hitler did say it. Statements by Hitler and senior Nazis concerning Jews and Judaism. Wow. This is the first demand we must raise and do, meaning the reversal of the Versailles Treaty. That our people be set free, that these chains be burst asunder, that Germany be once again captain of her soul and master of her destinies, together with those who want to join Germany. Applause. And the fulfillment of this first demand will then open up the way for all other reforms. And here is the one thing that perhaps distinguishes us from you, namely Austrians, as far as our program is concerned, although it is very much in the spirit of things, our attitude to the Jewish problem. For us, this is not a problem you can turn a blind eye to, one to be solved by small concessions. For us, it is a problem of whether our nation can ever recover its health, whether the Jewish spirit can ever really be eradicated. Don't be misled into thinking you can fight a disease without killing the carrier, without destroying the bacillus. Don't think you can fight racial tuberculosis without taking care to rid the nation of the carrier of that racial tuberculosis. 
this Jewish contamination will not subside, this poisoning of the nation will not end until the carrier himself, the Jew, has been banished from our midst. Again, thunderous applause. Thanks, Steve. See how tidily that fits in what Michael Knowles was saying? In this year alone, there's been something on the order of 400 bills uh, limiting the lives of people like me in various state legislatures. Well, consider this from the Holocaust Encyclopedia, 1933 to 1938. During the first six years of Hitler's dictatorship from 1933 until the outbreak of war in 1939... Jews felt the effects of more than 400 degrees. Well, there's, a, there's that 400 number again. And regulations that restricted all aspects of their public and private lives. These people are fascists. Of course, they're using a fascist handbook. I don't think the similarities are... Accidental. I don't. So that's... That's a starting place. But we've got ever so many... Ever so many more Morans... I actually thought of uh, the latest episode of Poker Face over on Peacock when I saw this headline earlier. Eh, here's a couple of geniuses. Olivia Pollock and Joseph Hutchinson III are uh, siblings. And they are also defendants for having participated in the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States on January 6, 2021. Well, they're not siblings. Okay. Olivia Pollock is the sister of Jonathan Pollock, who was uh, one of the defendants who's been missing since September. Jonathan Pollock has been accused of assaulting a number of police officers in the midst of the terrorist attack. Anybody turning him in will be in the running for a $30,000 arrest uh, reward. So one of them, Joseph Hutchinson III or Olivia Pollock, have decided to part ways with their ankle monitor. It's 
special agent at the FBI's Lakeland, Florida office, Joe Boland, said, yeah, we found one of the ankle monitors. Can't tell you which one it went to. Pollock and Hutchinson were indicted June the 30th of last year in connection with their participation in the terrorist attack on the Capitol, even if our government doesn't have the courage to refer to it as such. Olivia elbowed a cop in the chest and uh, tried to take a baton away from a police officer. Hutchinson is one of the guys who removed the temporary fencing to let the maggots swarm into the Capitol. Olivia Pollock was supposed to go to trial today, but now it's been rescheduled for August. We don't do we don't do dead or alive wanted posters anymore, do we? Yeah, that's 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 so genius. Take off the ankle monitor and they'll think you're still there. As long as the monitor's on. Hell, maybe they were at CPAC. Maybe they just had to go. Couldn't stand not to be there. But in the midst of a great deal of other horrors at CPAC, and by the way, we are uh, into the second hour of the program, and we've got $55 to go on the uh, on the on the two challenges, cats uh, woke challenge and Ralph's challenge. Out of a total of five hundred and thirty-five dollars, we need to raise to come even. Uh, Yeah, the speech was equally horrifying to Jude. Thank you, Jude. No, I said it was the it was the wildest speech Nitwit Nero had given. since American carnage, and that's saying something. It was gross. And it, too, had its own element of terror to it. It was one long string of lies, but that's true of any of his speeches. 
but in particular, well, I, I don't know if you can call it telegraphing or if it's just uh, the usual braying. He's not okay. I mean, badly not okay. How bad is it? Well, when somebody somebody who is a talking head for Fox News TV Radio Rwanda says they're creeped out, by what he said. Well, you know it's gotten pretty creepy. I mean, and and it wasn't you know it wasn't just the usual political enemies. Uh, he brought in Monkey up for some of the treatment too, and this kind of goes back to what I'm not sure if it's Steve Schmidt or Rick Wilson who said. The cl- monkey up has no idea what's about to happen to him if he enters the race. And he may be right. Nitwit Nero will ride him mercilessly. Not with talent, not with intelligence, but with the same peevish third grade sniping for which he has become famous. The other thing, though, was that he seemed tired, like maybe the meds were kicking in, or maybe he just didn't want to be there. I mean, this is about how he was talking, talking. He's about like this. But when you've creeped out Steve Douchey, you're creepy. Interesting. If he ran in New Hampshire, uh, he's so popular as a governor, I imagine he would win New Hampshire. Uh, the, the, That's a good reason to run. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, he's extremely personable. He's a strong candidate. Donald Trump is trying to vilify Jeb Bush and Paul Ryan. He says they're the portion of the party uh, that he's trying to link Ron DeSantis to. He's also working on nickname Ron Dishonest, Ron D-Establishment, or, or Tiny D. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, people are uncomfortable. Uh, it's hard to label somebody who's so similar to him with a nickname. It makes it's almost as it makes everybody on all sides seemingly uncomfortable. Even well, welcome home, the prodigal son. They just noticed. How about that? They don't like it when he starts calling them because the words apparently come down from on high in Rupert and Lachlan's offices. That they're they're high they're high on little day tiny D tiny D I have no idea what he's talking about and and and, and they're in the Declantis camp and they don't like it when he is mean to monkey up. I think people are reporting it. 
Well, I'm just excited to see who the final nominees are going to be Fast the forward. primaries. Yeah, There's going to be such it's, a it's battle. It's about to rev this. up. Stay tuned. Governor Hogan out. He says the smaller the field, the better chance Donald Trump loses. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump believes bigger the field, the better chance he has. I have mm -hmm. uh, I have to win. But nobody could look at that speech and say he's too old. That's Donald Trump. I mean, what? Donald Trump was able to chronicle everything he did over the four years, what he would do better. Person, man, woman, camera, TV kind of chronicling? Uh, he was able to do uh, in an hour and a half what Joe Biden, you can give him 20 hours, you would not be able to put together an hour and a half speech mm -hmm. like that. Wow. Hello in there, douchey. What color is the sky on your world? wondering so the actual substantive stuff that he said was not so but they don't like it when he attacks monkey up and little Ainsley Earnhardt well I'm just excited to see who the final nominees are going to be in the primaries it's about to rip up Jesus John Avalon over at CNN. Uh, well, um, he saw something completely different than the, the, the fiends on the couch did. This is someone who is not well. Seems fair. I mean, we've kind of been aware of that for a while. Bannon, when he was speaking, was saying, uh, essentially, it should be, you know, there's no time for on-the-job training. When you look for who's going to be the nominee in 2024, what this is going to be. Look, I've covered a lot of these packs, as, as, as we all have over the years, and it's always been, you know, described as the Star Wars bar of American politics. It's an, it's, it's a fringe group that's gotten fringier, mm -hmm. but you cannot deny the fact that it, it has a lot of pull within a certain sway of the Republican Party. The fact that Donald Trump, um, ran away with the poll, the fact that he's leading with that message of retribution. Um, I, I think is what we need to keep our eye on that ball. It's very easy to treat Donald Trump as a, as a, as a sideshow. Because if you look at his, you know, posts on Truth Social, if you look at that rambling 145-minute lie-filled speech, um, you'd say that this is someone who is not well. And yet we need to concede that he is right now the front-runner for the Republican nomination, and the, crowd, the more crowded the primary, the more likely he is to win. And so I think there's a danger of sleepwalking past these absurdities, these inanities, these divisive firebombs the former president is throwing, simply because he's somebody who's under multiple investigations right now, uh, somebody who tried to overturn our democracy. But that's not a disqualifier in today's Republican Party. So I think we need to be wide-eyed about that right now. Well, if you look at how we got here, we won't even go back to the campaign of 2016. If you go back to the inauguration speech, uh, that seemed very American carnage to me and very depressing, and, yes. low-energy speech from the former president. I'm wondering how much of an appetite the American public has for that. If you look at what happened, what it led to, the January 6th insurrection and so on and so forth. And speaking of, mm. the New York Times is reporting that Fox News' the CEO there, Susan Scott, said that they should have changed their coverage of the election results for bigger ratings, saying in part, 
this to the New York Times. Listen, this is what the New York Times is reporting. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's one of the sad realities. If we hadn't called Arizona those three or four days following Election Day, our, our ratings would have been bigger, Ms. Scott said. The mystery would have been still hanging out there. Is that a fair assessment of a so-called news network? No, not, of course, not even a little bit. I mean, you know, th this New York Times article by Peter Baker, as Poppy points out, is, is, is details and, you know, conversation inside Fox News among executives in the days after the election where they are lamenting the fact that they followed the facts. Well, he saw a Zoom with yeah. them saying Yeah, you know, so they, they, they got the receipts. These are not characterizations of comments. These are comments. And these are supposedly their news folks who are saying, um, you know, maybe we should have considered we're talking yes. about uh, McCallum it, and um, yeah. Bayer. And in some ways, um, you know, Brett, Brett Bear and Martha McCallum are the people who the network points to to be their real news anchors. And, and, and indeed, you know, there's some bona fides in that direction as a contrast to their opinion anchors. What this conversation shows is they're, they're when there's Martha McCallum saying, you know, well, in this Trump environment, maybe we shouldn't follow the facts so fast. That's incredibly dangerous. I think if the curtain's been pulled back by this lawsuit and the fact that this is not a news organization, this is a partisan operation primarily. Um, but the fates of Fox News, the fear they have of their base, the fear of losing ratings, which is also about greed, is a parallel to what we're seeing inside the Republican Party right now, the fear to confront Donald Trump. Um, it's a form of Stockholm syndrome. They're all afraid to tell the truth, even though they know it to be the truth. And that's not just bad for the Republican Party. That's bad for the republic. And that's what we need to focus on right now. Thank you. I mean, not wrong. Granted, the barn is burnt. The horses are long gone, but by all means, let's close the barn door. Uh, Stephen New York says, retribution? No, that message is violence. Quit with the euphemisms. It's not a euphemism. He said, and I presume it to be, I, I heard it, I heard the whole clip. Uh, I presume he was talking uh, in a veiled fashion about all the people he plans to pardon from January 6th. Although it could be other things as well. He said, and I will be, and that's even too energetic. He did. He sounded like he was on downers. Um, I will be your retribution. Yes, your retribution. It was nothing. It was nothing but a long litany of grievances. But it was also a horror. Don't take my word for it. Oh no. Ah. We'll get there in a minute. Then I'm going right to the phones. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, 
I am your retribution. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. This is it. Either they win or we win. And if they win, we no longer have a country. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. Our enemies are lunatics and maniacs. They cannot stand that they do not own me. I don't need them. I don't need anything about them. I don't need their money. They cannot steer me. They cannot shake me. And they will never, ever control me. And every time the polls go up higher and higher, the prosecutors get crazier and crazier. We got to stop these guys. Are those the words of a sane man? Since when do we refer to the other side of our politics as enemies? Well, since him. Since him. Red meat for the base, sure, I guess. But wow, I am your retribution. Wonder uh, who he intends to retribute against. Thank you, Ralphs. Ralphs uh, serving as the ad hoc horn art of word knowing department. From Merriam Webster, retribution, recompense or reward. The dispensing of or receiving of reward or punishment, especially in the hereafter. Something given or exacted in recompense. As Merriam-Webster points out, the actual etymology of the word means payback. The return of tribute. But it takes on a darker meaning when we talk about things like mm, retributive justice. Well, there he is. Personally, I don't think he can beat Joe Biden. Maybe wrong. But Lord God, if he wins in 24 and the House expands its majority and the, and the Democrats lose the Senate, fuck. Every election is the most ele important election in, the, in their entire lives. Because that's the state of our country. Let's run over to the stress line and see who's on the line. Hey, welcome to the program. I don't know where to begin. Hi, Darlene. Except I can, I can say I'm feeling a little bit more acknowledged in Connecticut by Robin. Okay, well, yes, thank you. I'm glad. I'm trying. So, uh, Connecticut is definitely a place. It is. It's a, it's a whole damn state. And 
And everybody uses it like that that cowboy there in one of the hearings, uh, you know, from the border patrol there, that cowboy said he, he you know, um, has to cover a whole area that border patrol the size of Connecticut. So it's like, wow, you know, we do get mentioned, when, you know, um, when they want to compare the size of things, suddenly we're a big state. Oh, you know, the size of Connecticut. Um, we are jam-packed, though. You are correct. We are a densely populated state. Um, despite our, you know, small, um, square area. Um, so, I, when did he give this speech? Was it today or over the weekend? Saturday night. Okay, because... He was the headliner. I get, I get confused, because I remember, well, I, I, I remember, you know, Roger uh, there, I guess on Friday in the front porch, Saying, you know, he was curious as to why Trump was in D.C. and uh, he he thought it might be because of a grand jury thing, but it was actually because of CPAC. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm officially an old person now because I basically primarily just watch YouTube. Um, and today they were showing up the CPAC and was showing his speech in its entirety as live. So I'm like, I got very confused. I'm like, is he saying this now or whatever? But um, I struggle with YouTube here in my home um, in terms of of um, the internet connection. It seems I never have interruptions um, in the office because that's where the modem is. But every single, you know, every time I try to listen to something um, or watch something, you know, whether it's YouTube, whether it's your, you listen to your program or whatever, here in my kitchen, which is, you know, I don't have a big house. It's, I can literally see the modem here from my kitchen. Um, I get constant interruptions. And today, with his speech, it was seamless. There were no interruptions. It didn't. It didn't, um, you know, it didn't crap out until the very end. And I started really getting paranoid because I'm like, you know, is YouTube also basically taking it so that, you know, and I pay for premium. I, I pay to avoid the commercial because it makes, they make me nuts. Um, so his, his, his speech was replayed in its entirety, almost perfect, you know, pretty much almost to the end. Um, and it was all about retribution. It was all about what he's going to do um, if he gets back in. And I think that it was frightening. It was disturbing. I kept saying over and over and over again aloud to you know the two little, my two little pups here who don't understand what I'm saying, but it's like he, he's insane. He does sound like he was on something, um, some kind of downer or something to keep him quote unquote level. And a couple of thoughts, you know, overarching thoughts or umbrella thoughts pop to mind. And that is, um, number one, our broken media systems normalization of this orange blockhead running. I mean, his head is literally the shape of a block. His 
the normalization of his campaign. I mean, literally, when I look at him, like, he's a blockhead. I mean, the old idea of a blockhead, I mean, he really epitomizes a blockhead. But it's like the normalization of his candidacy in the first place, um, and that leads to a whole other sub lines of thought. And um, the second is um, you had said, you know, who is he going to exact revenge against? Well, he did name a few people. Um, and, you know, he's targeting fellow Republicans. You know, he, he referred to as the rhinos. So I'm thinking to myself, look, Mitt, Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell, um, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, looks like Herman Munster. Why is his name escaping me? He's been in the news lately because he's just on the board of Fox. Um, they're not going to be able to sit this one out because if he gets back in, he's rounding them up. He's rounding them up. And it's like they are going to basically, they're going to have to pinch their, you know, their noses, walk into that voting booth and vote for Joe Biden if they physically themselves want to survive this. Um, the Mitt, Mitt Romneys and the Mitch McConnells and et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, he's, he is saying, you know, the other thing that is troubling is, um, he's saying the very same things that we say about all of them on our side. It's a it's a major mind fuck because, you know, I can hear you know the same. We're saying the same things about them that they are saying about us, and that is how Fox News and all and everything that has transpired in this nation since Reagan, um, how. This stuff has worked because you know you may, you wind up questioning yourself. You wind up not knowing what's up or down or right or wrong. And let me tell you something: the people who who are his undying supporters, they are so clueless as to what this guy is real, what he really is saying to them, and they're they're not they're stupid. They're very very stupid. Um, and that's just putting it mildly. They, they're the type of individual, he attracts the types of individual that thinks narcissism is okay, that there's something, there's something wrong with you, which is a totally narcissistic thing to think. Um, he is normal to them. You're not going to get anywhere with these people. That's it. And, and, you know, um, they're going to have to be Republicans, you know, who who vote for Biden. They're, they're going to have they're going to have to vote for him in twenty twenty four. Like I said, you know, even uh, uh, you know Cheney, Lynn Cheney, and, and her daddy, and. They, they, they're not going to be one of these things where they can sit it out 
they can't sit it out because now he has revealed himself for the authoritarian murderous son of a bitch he is. And I have to point, I'm sorry, but like I said before, and I, I put in an email pointing a finger at Mitch McConnell, I also, you know, Merrick Garland has been an abject failure. He's been absolutely fucking abject, abject failure. Um, he has allowed so many things to slide. You're not. And I'm, yeah, I don't no, no pushback. Like, I'm. I've tried really hard, Darlene. I, I have. I, I. I wanted to. I wanted I, to give. Him, I wanted to give him a chance. He was supposed to be this Solon. I understand. And look, you know, Biden, it's sad what happened in terms of his position on the, on the D.C. crime thing. But he's a tactician. He's been around so long. I mean, if anyone has been quietly being, you know, being prepared or whether he realized it or not, I don't necessarily think he did. Um, go into politics ever with the idea of seeking the presidency one day. But if anyone has ever been well prepared for it, and, you know, we always talk about how Hillary was always very well, you know, she was well prepared. Hillary, I think, sought the positions that she, you know, she, she had to. I'm not blaming her because she's a woman trying to break that glass ceiling, et cetera. Which she would have, but for the anachronistic electoral college. Um, but um, Joe, everything has been leading him to this point. And it's upsetting about the situation with DC and, and um, you know, they're, they're wanting to relax the, the criminal restrictions, criminal laws there. But, you know, he might be looking forward or looking and thinking, we can't give them this, give Republicans anything to, I mean, we're in game time. This is very serious. The problem is, is that every election is becoming very serious. Um, so I listened to his speech today and just to hear that voice and his droning and his, you know, climbing up onto the cross every two fucking seconds. The fact that I guess there was a mob that chased um, that awful Nikki Haley into the elevators. They basically had to protect her from bodily harm. <laughs> um we have a contingent within this country that um, no one is doing anything about to put in their place. Um, they're violent. He's just going to continue to rile them up. Um, it would be interesting to see if the Senate called, called Christopher Ray's ass in. In front of them? You know, if, if, I may, if I may jump in for a second. I know. I'm just rambling. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, no. You're not rambling. I love this. I always love our conversations. 
I'm beginning to think Christopher Ray is the problem. Yep. I mean, he's he's a, he's a he's a Trump appointee. He's done Trump's bidding. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I wrong? No, uh, especially after his Fox News interview, I was singularly disgusted. I mean, when I I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, I thought initially he was trying to more or less go, you know, direct the FBI in more of the Robert Mueller mold, because I think Robert Mueller was a very good FBI director for that time. Um, and yet you have a $1 billion being waged against, uh, brought against the the FBI by the, the, the feminists uh, from the USA Gymnastics, Simone Biles, etc. I hope they win that fucking suit. I hope they take the FBI for everything they're worth. I've lost all respect for them. Trump complimented them for those agents. He, he sent he sent another he sent a message, and he even used the phrase. Like stand by. Do a search and seizure of his his um you know tacky place there in, you know, Mar-a-Lago. Um, there, yeah. Um, he, he said something like that. He said to those agents, you know, he thanks them and, you know, stand, you know, keep standing by or something like that. He sent them a message. Oh, you mean, uh, what, uh, stand down and stand by? Yeah, like what he said to the Proud Boys. Um, the fucker is still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still playing these games. He's still, you know, and now, now is, you know, because he's persecuting, he's never wrong. He is now, if, if he gets back in, <laughs> Oh, we're done. So, and we keep it, saying, it, um, okay, it, it, uh, no, it feels, but it feels that way. And it does. And um, it feels that way because it is that way. Um, now, I've been more impressed with Democrats, how excellent they've been in the House. They, they really, they're, they're not, I mean, these guys are bad. They're bad. At what they do, Republicans are just—they're awful. They're—they're—they're they're, they're horrible. And you know, it's so easy for them when they're not in power to sit there and and make up these stories and lie and bullshit and everything. And once they get power, um, and they actually have to do something, they none of their their BS accusations and lies um, are withstanding. <laughs> withstanding scrutiny, even with the witnesses they call. So, like Jimmy Raskin, damn, he's like he's he's on fire. Yes, he is. With, the, with those bandanas, 
with those bandanas. <laughs> He's awesome. I mean, it's just like, you know, and it sounds like things are going well with his cancer treatment, you know, fingers crossed. But he continues uh, to, to, uh, to recover. Um, but to normalize this is, is, is the problem. And Fox News and the lawsuit, I know you mentioned that part, um, We are a dysfunctional nation. We're, we're dysfunctional people. Um, our systems are dysfunctional because they're filled with dysfunctional people. We have a fourth estate that is inept and dysfunctional. Um, it's, it's, the Republic is not going to stand as long as this shit continues to be normalized. So, um, Listening to his speech, it was like, oh, God, this guy again. Um, and he is he is telling us what he's going to do. I think he's being very honest there. I think, you know, take him at his word in terms of the executions and, um, you know, um, who he's going to get back at and so on. So, you know. Is it possible for a, a Mitch McConnell and a Mitt Romney to actually vote for Joe Biden? No, I think so. If their lives are on the line, no, they'll they'll you they'll, think they'll, not. they'll 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 just sit out. Well, well no, there'll so probably there'll probably be some. There'll probably be some somewhat sane. Wow, here I am, libertarian. <laughs> That that they can vote for and encourage others to do. It's worth it's worth remembering, Darlene, the strategy that got Doug Jones into the Senate from the from the state of Alabama ever so briefly was driven both by an incredible turnout in the black community and particularly black women, but it was also driven by a whole bunch of Republicans who decided. We were so young and naive then, who decided that they couldn't bear to vote for a child predator in the form of uh, Roy Tolamore. And those two comb- the, the combination of those two things, those two phenomena, were sufficient to defeat Roy Tolamore and put Doug Jones in the Senate for a minute. Sorry about the rhyme. Uh, and the same thing could happen here. Anything that splits the Republican vote is good. Well, yeah. I mean, so you're saying as a possibility that he might he might be successful. Is that kind of what you're saying? That um, well, if he's the, if he's the nom- no, if he's the nominee, I don't think it's so much acceptable. But if he's the nominee, then some third party candidate. Who is not Marianne Williamson, by the way? Sorry. Uh, but some, 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 you know, right-leaning libertarian might be enough. But the, you know, I mean, that, that that's kind of like the, that's kind of like the conversation about Liz Cheney. I wish she would run. 
yeah, or she would exactly. run and hammer Absolutely. him every damn day. As long and as we as long, as long as we could be sure that she doesn't get the nomination. Well, because she would be our first woman president, I, and the horror of that just yeah, it's a, it's a horror. But at least we know I think she would maintain the institution. It would be a horror though because of what she would reign in. But I can see if there's no way Trump would accept if she were to run and by some you know chance win at the primary. I think he'd still run because there's no way he's going to let her one off him. I could see Mitt Romney voting for Lynn. Liz, I'm going to say. Liz, I could see Liz Cheney, right? Liz, I'm, she's been gone for a short time. I can't remember her first name. Oh, well. Um, I could see, um, you know, what's her name there that, that um, is, uh, she has a program there, um, Nicole Wallace, voting for her. Even Mitch would vote for her. Um, but th- the problem is that Trump should not be running at all. He should not be permitted. He shouldn't be running. He shouldn't be allowed to run. He should not. Th- no, this is the toxicity of our system. It's, it's even police itself, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, this is a toxic candidate, a more, even more toxic candidate, a toxic candidacy. It is not healthy for the body politic. I'm, for one, sick and tired of being abused uh, by, by my political system, by my government, by my country. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I am tired of having to listen to an out-and-out fool like this. And the people behind him who aren't necessarily as much of a fool and are dangerously toxic. I mean, that well, that's that's why the conversation's well, been going back and forth over, over the past couple of weeks. Are we better off with him being the nominee and being beatable or having a new flavor, mm-hmm. of, the, a new flavor of the month guy in the form of monkey up? Right, which is also extremely disturbing. And look, he is an out and out. I'm not saying anything here. You've already been saying it. But you slap a freaking, you know, Nazi uniform on that fucker, he would fit right in. He is an out and out Nazi when you read up on his behavior when he was in the military. This guy is. What was the doctor that liked to experiment? Mangala. On, um, and there were others. So he is he's that. He is that. He is a sick and twist MFR. And, you know, it's interesting because his kids have a lot of melanin in their skin. I don't know if you noticed that. Um <laughs> Just the irony in all of this, I just, he is, he will take a cruelty beyond, beyond. And 
granted, you have many people there on our side saying stuff like, you know, he won't appeal on a national uh, scale. Um, but but then again, he doesn't have to. We can't get cocky about he's, that. He's he's yeah he's only but, he's only concerned with the electoral count. He does not give a tinker's damn about losing the popular vote because he'll just say he really did. It's right. solely about the electoral college count. Couple of things here right. from uh, from Jude. Right. She said there is something cunningly <laughs> distinct and not giving credit to Trump here. Trust me. It's when Trump lowers or lifts his tonal frequencies, I sense the voidness of mundane yet methodical in its nature to deliver. A vessel that allows the most vile and negative of energies to be sent out into the air and ether we reside in. I'm with you, Robin, Darlene, and those listening. Thank you, Jude. You are such a dear. It's It's so deliberate. It's so deliberate. And... I, and, and you, you, you just you wind up you wind up wondering, yeah, how, how thick must the biases and the and the petty grievances and the grievance culture, how thick must it all be, in order to protect otherwise benefit of the doubt decent human beings from seeing through him and seeing him for what he is. That's what makes it hard not to look at the maggots and see them as every bit as filled with hate as he is. And, and, yet, and, yes, yet, exactly. and, yet, and yet Monkey Up has even more hate, which is breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, he's got more intelligence. He's got more intelligence, and he's really not, you know, and again, he's not being... Or at least nothing's worked yet. He's not. He's not being penalized in any Many. obvious way that I can see at this point. No. And Randy Radar wrote in a little or, bit ago and asked, "Why is he even allowed to run?" That's what I'm saying. Which one are we talking about? Trump. Trump. <laughs> yeah, I know. But why is he even allowed exactly, to run? That's what I'm saying. Why is this being normalized? This is disturbing. That is being normalized. When I listen to the talking heads, even on MSNBC or your filthy morning habit or whatever, it's just a given. What the fuck? Why is it just a given? Mika, say something. Say something, Mika. Yeah, lately it seems like she's the only one who really can. Which is kind of wild. And she has. Yeah, and I'm actually liking her a bit more. You know, she. And I do think you're right. I think she's had, she's rubbed off a little bit on, on uh, what do you call them, squint eyes squint. order? Yeah, squint. <laughs> the hair. Hair. Uh, the one with the hair. And it's like. <laughs> the one with the hair. Um, her husband. Yeah, that wave he's got on top of his head. Um, so. I'm sickened that we're in this position again. That we're back to where it's like, here we go again. And, you know, two years later, we got to listen to him. And, um, and at least House Democrats had the presence of mind, I guess, to 
and you know, in unison say that you know there is it's, at this point there's no dissension about Joe Biden running. It's like they're going to support him. So that really great um, State of the Union speech, I think. You know, Woke them up a little bit, and you know this guy's on his game. Biden's on his game. Um, but you know, and 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 you, you know, Joe's going to come at some point and say, "We want DC statehood. We want that." But he sacrificed DC and their own autonomy, or he, you know, he stated that. My understanding um, so far that he's not going to push back against denying them. You know, um, he's he's going to um, not veto um, the le- whatever it is the legislation that's coming forward. Well, and that, and, and that, there's a, there's a little bit, there's a there's a little bit of complexity there. I, I would think there is because Absolutely. because um, people you know mm-hmm. Republicans uh, bruga about it and then Joe Manchin said mm-hmm. oh, I'm with them you know surprise but the problem was is was that Muriel Bowser the mayor of D.C. herself mm-hmm. was entirely opposed to that legislation that city ordinance. And so I think Biden is listening to her. That's possible. That's because it wasn't it wasn't anything resembling um, unanimity in thinking that this was necessarily a great thing. And it would give too much. I mean, I think it was a good. If you don't even look at all of that, it was a very good political move on on Biden's part. He can be political when he needs to because, you know, I think he's looking. He's he doesn't want to open up, make it easy for Republicans to attack. Um, you know, going into the presidential election for twenty twenty four, and and give them the fodder that they. I mean, they'll they'll continue to search for things, but not, let's not hand them this one thing, if it is dubious, um, as you say, uh, in terms of its, uh, of the efficacy of, of You know, you were talking about YouTube earlier. I think you do have some Wi-Fi problems, yeah. Darlene. If you're like using Wi-Fi Assist on your calling or whatever, because it, you, it, you're 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 audible and everything, but every now and then you drop out, and it's one or the other. So I do. Oh. Yeah, you were. It may be me. That possibility does exist. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. Oh, okay. You're fine. I hope I hope I didn't drop out. I hope I didn't drop out too long. Um, no, no, no. It just it's just a se- it's just a second here and a second there, but no, you're good. Yeah, yeah. I am in my office right now, next to the modem, and not moving around in my chair. So hopefully that all because I, when I start talking, I start moving around. <laughs> I just like it comforts I un- me. Um, I un- no, I understand that. I, I I sit here and and I sit here and go back and forth in my little rotating chair. 
Yeah. So, um, so they're getting divorced. I don't know if you heard about this, which is rather amusing, although I feel sorry for the daughter. Um, so, um, I don't know if you heard the news that Kellyanne Conjob and George, George. Yeah. Okay, you must be moving around again. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly, uh, Kelly Ann Skeletor and George Conway are parting ways after low these many years. I got to confess that was not a surprise. But you're right, the daughter is who I feel for. Mm-hmm. Hey, Darlene, you want to dial back in and see if we get better? I hope you heard me. Okay, she did. We'll try again. And by the way, we've entered the uh, third hour of the program. We've still got uh, $55 to go to answer the challenges courtesy of both Kat and um, uh, and Ralph's. So that's there. Uh, do I have you back, Darlene? Yeah. Mm. Hello? Yeah, okay. I got the no. Yeah, so far. Don't move. Stick your tongue out and hold one arm in the air. I'm actually... I'm actually in the kitchen now, so I'm further away. But maybe I'm over my read. Maybe I'm better in the kitchen. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so she's. Um, but then again, she's looking for her own. Ah. Darlene, everything was so good. Is there still a problem? Now it's not. Can you hear me? I hear you. Are you on? Are you on speaker or Bluetooth or anything? Um, I'm probably on Bluetooth automatically because. Let me see. Um, let me see if I can. Um. Yeah, I think it's, it picks up, and I don't know how to change it. Okay, well, you're, yeah, go, you're, 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 you're good for the moment. All right, I'm good for now. Okay, sorry about that. This is... Um, but I do... Frontiered. Oh, frontiered. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I feel I feel most for their daughter, the Conway's daughter. Yeah, but of course, Nitwit Nero, um, Nitwit Nero had to again do an end zone dance over it, declaring that George Conway is a very unhandsome man. I still think there's some issues going on with him, Nitwit Nero. I mean, I mean, he is the ugliest, nastiest. I mean. You know who makes me laugh is that, um, oh, God. <laughs> that is his name. He's always yelling. <laughs> he was 
He's been hung up on what Nick with Nero said about Rihanna. Um, I can't remember his. Um, but he was talking. I mean, finally he came out and said, "You're the ugliest. You know the the cake pancake makeup on your face." And you know that's what you need. You need people to just come back at him and say, "Who the hell are you?" To be taught in a horse face. He yeah, refers to shut up, you. Yeah, shut up, you hideous man. Exactly. Um, hey, the, I, the only I way the only way to I deal could... with him is to bully him the way he bullies other people. Exactly, and bully him right back. <laughs> Stupid asshole says what? What? Because all of his insults are are seventh grade at best. So, right, and he, and this guy actually, you know, calls him. Are you, are you talking you about know, the rude pundit? Him, yeah, he's uh, Mike Rappaport. Mike Rappaport. <laughs> I mean, Mike Rappaport does not. Mince words, and you know he, he's a New Yorker. He's out there screaming, "You're a nasty, ugly-looking son of a bee!" And you're going to talk about Riri? <laughs> she had a bun in the oven. He goes, "And you're going to say she was doing the uh, Super Bowl thing on her own, pregnant?" You know. So um, that's what you need. You need people who are going to, you know, really push back on them and just point out how ugly he is. He is through and through. And, um, but the problem is the people who um, are his undying supporters, they they still believe that the election was stolen. Um, they believe all these horrific things that are being said, you know, about Hillary Clinton and defacing children and crazy stuff like that. I just saw a headline, and, and, and because we have to remember that there are people behind him, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Carrie Lake now says she has to have bodyguards because the GOP mafia is out to kill her. I mean, really? Oh, and and I have uh, I well, have I have the Mike Rappaport clip here. At least I think this is what it is. Oh, good. Yeah, stand by. Let's share the joy. Maybe not. Oh no, here it is. Here it is. That was a TikTok. Sorry. Good, good. I say recount, stop the count, count it again. Okay? Then triple count it. It's over, fucko. You lost. You fucking lost. The fucking ghost of John McCain bit you right in your fat fucking ass in Arizona. Good, you fucking asshole. Your big fucking mouth came back to fuck you. Okay? The fucking... You, you don't want to uh, back the governor of Michigan when there's a plot to kidnap her? Good, you fuck. Pack your fucking shit and you're going to lose Pennsylvania. Huh? 
The ghost of Daryl fucking Dawkins, the Broad Street bullies. You're fucking done in Philadelphia. You're done. Pack your fucking shit. You got a bunch of fucking flunkies around you. Get your fucking stupid sons, your dumb fucking daughter, your fucking mute fucking blowjob, Jared fucking Kushner fucking son-in-law. Get the fucking tape, get the boxes, and pack your fucking shit. Pack it now. Go the fuck away. Four years of this fucking nonsense, you fucking blowjob. Get the fucking trucks. Nobody does it like it's a It's time, Yorker. asshole. We could count. We could recount. Let's do it three fucking times. We'll triple check it. It's over, asshole. You fucking lost, motherfucker. You dumb fuck you. No, how do you really feel? And that wasn't even the Rihanna clip. But doesn't that? Yes. That's just magic. It makes you feel so because he's expressing exactly how we all feel. You know, he's not missing words. He's not being polite. This country is weird because it's a weird country because, you know, everybody goes out of their way to be so polite and cordial. And then they'll rip and tear you apart like a fall from grace, right? If you're a halfway decent person or whatever, you know, it's a weird kind of um, deferential teardown, uh, schizophrenic national mentality that we have here. There should be no deference given to this this guy. There should be no deference given to Trump. None whatsoever. Every single goddamn reporter out there should be questioning the the normalcy, the the viability of this candidacy, the not just the viability, but the the legitimacy of of his candidacy that should be brought up every single night that should be argued you know and I, um and instead it's given it's like oh well yeah no our our, our democracy well our republic is at, is at stake our aspirational democracy is is at stake this is serious shit. And um, the complaints about, you know, the 74 million that voted for Trump, the 61 million that voted for Trump in 2016, how do they consistently get the upper hand? Well, what about the 81 million that voted for Biden? Well, what about the 63, 64 million that voted for Clinton? Um, why are they always given the upper hand when they are the losers? They're losing, you know. Um, so anyway, I just, I had to call in and express my... Just how disconcerting that speech was. Um, they're getting more insane. And they're saying the exact same things 
about our side that we're saying about them. And it's like, it's, We're at a point now where Fox News has succeeded. You know, they, they basically, we, we don't, it's so easy to to not know what are facts, you know, um, or to be goaded into thinking. Like, you have insane people like him, like Marjorie Trader Gangrene. They just, they'll just, you, in the name litany of, bullshit nonstop. I mean, you saw her going after that, that Georgia election official. Oh yeah. Where she's sitting right next to him and just, you know, and he took a drink of the Coca-Cola or whatever, trying to calm himself down. She just spewed and uttered inane shit left and right. And how do you respond to something like that? You know? So it's, it's like, This that kind of tactic was normalized by him, and it, it's a, and it works because you're usually sitting there like, where do I begin? How do I, you know, everything you just said is bullshit. That's the only thing you can really say, you know, outside of maybe finding one thing that the person said, and you can kind of pick it apart and, and say, by the way, I was able to pick this bullshit lie um, you spewed. Everything else you said is similarly false, but. There's a weird, there's a mentality there. You know, what makes this woman tick to, to say this crazy stuff? <clears throat> so anyway, I, I don't know. Um, well, I, I want to. Uh, I'm not looking. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to go to a couple of places. Uh, going back a little bit, Bernadette wrote in and said, "My two cents. I hate to disagree." With my girl Darlene's earlier statement, but we are not calling for the extermination of people we don't agree with what and what they say or how they live. Malcolm Nance said last year they want to kill Americans. Fuck Trump and his illiterate idiots are literally trying to raise his flunky army with their violent rhetoric. I just don't see us calling to kill Republicans. Republicans. And by the way, Robin, please keep doing what you do. Your voice is essential to our Republican democracy. Thank you, thank you, Bernadette. And that's true. I mean, there, there, there is. I didn't say. I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't. It, I, don't I don't think it can't. Uh, maybe no. it came from. Um, but no, that's I didn't th- mean it that way. Yeah. I didn't mean it that way. No, yeah. uh, but the you know the, there is both siderism. You know, w- watching the way that uh, the Daily Beast and Huffington Post and you know, caved to a, a, a threat for a bullshit threat uh, from some blathering idiot at the Daily uh, at the Daily Caller. Oh was repulsive but i wanted to go back from it because there was a great clip and of course it has caused great sturm und drang among the faithful um michael Steele was guest hosting on msnbc and he had the presidential historian michael beschloss on and it, it feels like some people are finally seeing the lights go on you know a lot too late but they're finally yeah. beginning to call people who they are, and this is a, this is with regard to uh, Monkey Up, and it's and you know Michael Beschloss is not a bomb thrower, okay? I mean he's a student of history. No, no he's not. But when you, when Michael Beschloss is doing this, maybe 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 
uh, there's a little bit of waking up going on. No, we have not. We haven't seen a president potentially indicted like this and maybe dealing with serious multiple indictments from various places, uh, various uh, judicial agencies. So that's something we haven't seen before. And even Donald Trump, who has the survival abilities of a cockroach, I'm not sure if he can withstand uh, if he is potentially indicted. And we don't know that this is going to happen. But Cockroach. And, you know, that was actually kind of a compliment, mm-hmm. the survival skills of a cockroach, but still, cockroach. Yeah. But he wasn't done. Yeah. Let's say in three different venues at the same time, you know, that's a lot to ask of anyone, including someone who uh, is in his late 70s and may not be the most physically fit person uh, of that age that I have ever seen. So you've got that. But the even more dangerous thing, Stacey and Michael, is that, you know, people who try to get a nomination in parties, you know, do it by trying to appeal to what they think will work. Well, look what Rick DeSantis has done in Florida. He was known as sort of a nondescript uh, political leader, member of Congress. Suddenly, he really has tried to turn himself into sort of a local Mussolini in Florida with the book banding and the brutal tactics. And even this week, this suggestion that bloggers have to register with the state for the honor of writing about the governor and other other political leaders. We have to call this what this is. This is fascism and authoritarianism that goes even beyond what Trump has talked about. That's what he thinks is going to work in that party. And in a way, that's the scariest thing of all. I, I don't disagree. But again, a local Mussolini. Those are fairly yeah. strong words. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I um, I just want to go back to Bernadette. I don't know where she got that whole idea. I mean, I I still think that Trump supporters are ignorant, but I don't. I did not say we want to kill them, but I do say I do agree with Bernadette in that we want them to have health care. We want them to have nice things. Yeah, I want them to have lots of mental yeah. health care. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with her on that. But um, that's the other thing that's disappointing, that it, it took these talking heads, even a Michael Bexloss, I can't even say his name, but you know who I mean, who you just uh, just played. Um, it took them this long to actually say it and come out and say it. And look, there is no moderate Republican. I think that that's another problem, too, is that there really are – any moderates, um, certainly not in the House as we see in its current configuration, um, they are a fascist party. We have a Republican Party who is a, fa- it's a fascist party. You know, or that's not an epithet now. That's just who they are. It's who they are, and we've got we've got a problem, and the party is. You know, has been. It's not even really anything you can work with. So, um, Mary Trump on her on the um, the uh, State of the Union, the night of the State of the Union address, um, she had her show 
playing, and um, <clears throat> all of her murder ventures are over there watching. And uh, <clears throat> she was in tears. She said, "You know, she goes, I am, I am humbled here. You know, I'm, I'm, I hear this man in Joe Biden who clearly is showing tremendous humanity, and and what he cares." You know how much he cares for this country and the people, and then, and then when I think about what my family has done, what the previous guy did, you know, her uncle, and um, and how they have, that you know, how they they could care less. They have no humanity. Um, so. I am distressed that we're back. We're back at this point again. That this country was not able to, or hasn't yet been able to, really shut this movement down, because that's what he's calling it. He's calling. I think Trump's used the word revolution or movement. Yeah. Um, and that's troubling as well. So, uh. I do think you're right. I think Biden can beat him again. It would be great. But you know, here, you know, if if he is the nominee, it's like, oh, here we go again. You yeah, know, no, no, no. Oh the, the, if God, he's the if he's the nominee, that means that the, the the risk exists. And then, yeah, you know, he's not going to choose somebody as his running mate that is sane. We know Godzilla from Wasilla wants to be his vice presidential nominee. We know that. Mm-hmm. Nimrata would like to be his vice presidential nominee, and she'll, you know, she'll come mm-hmm. to she'll come to heel double quick. And we know that Marge wants to be, and there's a possibility that Carrie Lake wants to be. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't run for she couldn't I don't I don't think she could run for Senate and be the vice presidential nominee at the same time. But here's, but and and then you know there are some others you know uh, Christy Christy Nome, Christy the Nome up in South Dakota Stan, she wants to be the vice presidential nominee, and it will all it will all turn on because yeah Mike Pence is out, and it won't be another guy because another guy is a threat to his masculinity. And the, capabil- yep. the capabilities and competencies of any Republican woman seek- who wants that job will be exactly zero consideration. He will, he will choose his vice presidential nominee based upon her coefficient yep. of hotness. Yep. I feel like I need to bathe in bleach yep. now just having said that. Yeah, but it's true. I was going to say it's going to be based on and our so, looks, and we already know Nikki Haley's out. Yeah, too, too, <laughs> and, and uh, skin or whatever. Too dark. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to say something here, and I actually meant to ask uh, mention it to Tracy at one point. Um, I saw a video of her announcing her candidacy, Nikki Haley, and I swear she is trying to make herself whiter with her cosmetics. Now, I'm not criticizing her appearance. Let's be clear about that. But she's trying to whiten up her face, and I noticed it in the video when she was talking with her hands. 
Her hands are a lot browner than her face is. Mm-hmm. So, to a certain extent, she's trying to pass. But she's out. Marge yep. is out because, well, Marge, 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 Marge buys her makeup at the Ace Hardware store in the spackling department. That was bitchy, and I know it. But ugh, the, True, compl- though. the complexion. Oh, she's not. Honey, you need something not, with some though. hyaluronic acid in it. Believe me. Uh, Marge is out. Carrie's hot mm-hmm. enough. But it would fuck mm-hmm. it would fuck up any hopes of having a maggot senator from Arizona. So now we've got Christy Nome and Godzilla from Wasilla. Now here's the terrifying part. Here's the part that's gonna sit you bolt upright in bed at three o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat. Nitwit Nero is not nearly as healthy as, say, Joe Biden is. Joe Biden's in reasonably good health for a man of his age. Better than a man of younger ages in some instances. Um, If he were to win Nitwit Nero in 24 and take office on January 20th, 2025, The reason these people want the vice president's job is that heartbeat away from the presidency thing. Because everybody everybody knows he eats like a garbage disposal. Everybody knows he's not okay. Uh, Probably the people in his inner circle even better. So whoever gets the VP nod for him if he's the nominee is probably going to wind up President of the United States if he wins. They'll either wind up President of the United States because he breathes out and doesn't breathe in again, or they will wind up President of the United States because maybe this time through, they'll be thinking about the 25th Amendment a little bit more seriously. And some of those, some of those political opportunists, Darlene, would not hesitate uh, to stick the shiv in him. Am I wrong anywhere along the way? Um, I'm not so sure about the 25th Amendment part. Um, but, yeah, uh, you had me up until that point. Um I don't think he'll make make it through a second term. I don't think he'll. I. I don't think. No, for the for the for the classical history nerds among us, this is the madness of Gaius Marius. In his what sixth term as council, when uh, Sulla had to come and depose him. The only difference being that Gaius Marius had been a brilliant general. And he went batshit crazy when he got old. That part is very much like Trump. And worth remembering, his daddy, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, 
and right. was that way yeah. for a long time before he finally died. I don't think Sarah Palin has a shot at it. I think it's been there, done that. Um, but I, I do think Christy Noem or uh, Carrie Lake. Now, Carrie Lake, I could see her being vicious and backstabbing enough to pull a 25th if she could. Um, but you'd have to get a lot of members of the cabinet together. Well, uh, Arnold in PA just said, it's going to be Nikki Haley, baby. Hard enough and dumb enough to do what needs to be done, and the 25th Amendment's only a couple of years away. So, split of opinion. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody who, uh... Well, there is one man that he could cap as his vice president, who I think would be loyal to him. Who? And frightening. Stephen Miller. He doesn't he doesn't have the uh doesn't have the political experience. I mean he's got all the ideological experience and all the viciousness. That's what he did. He, he helped him out and Trump doesn't care about that. Trump has no political experience either. He's the president for four years. And I wouldn't say he's got political experience. Stephen Miller guides him in everything in all of his Nazi ways. He, he thanked Stephen Miller at the CPAC event to, uh, on Saturday. Um, I think he could count on him quite readily. I, he's part of that inner circle. You know, he guides them. Probably wrote the speech. Yeah, that's out of that's out of his wheelhouse. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised. He's been in the White House. He was there for four years with him. He knows the ropes. His wife is Asian, right? So he can say, I'm not a racist. The, you know, future second lady is Asian. Yeah. I'm throwing that out there. And worth throwing. Worth throwing. So it, no, th this this I mean, this this, nice. this call would not be complete if I didn't ask you uh, for a Wanda the Honda update. Oh no, she's dead again. She's dead. Oh. <laughs> this will be the fourth battery that died. Oh. <laughs> oh, and I finally I said that's it. I started threatening lemon law. I said, look, if it's a repeated problem, um. So what it is is I'm still not driving it. So even though I get in there and I I run it, start it up, I'm hoping to pick up with the driver training program again in April or May. Um, but I want the I'm, I've got to write up a letter um, and one that is sent to the director of 
uh, the Department of Aging and Disability Services, and then to also to William Tong, uh, Attorney General Tong, who's a good egg. Um, a couple of the people demanding that they they institute a um, hearings uh, and appeals process within that program because. There isn't one. So and you're not the only. So you're the, what that also means is you're not the only one who's been screwed. Uh, no, I mean I hearsay, but from what I understand from one of the driving instructors, I am not the only one. Um, they denied me a, a a driver's test. I have a valid license. I can drive, but I can't drive a, an adaptive van. So I went through all of the required training and then the occupational therapist who is overkill she's an idiot she denied me my driver's test because um she insisted that i have some kind of a harness and she didn't even know what the harness was or what it should be because the particular harness that she initially recommended i would have to have somebody help me get in and out of um, and that, that complete, I don't need it, um, because they got me the right steering device. But the point being that, um, it was done by email and I had no recourse. It should have been a formal denial with a full explanation as to why and information on how I could appeal that decision. So something that was grossly informal should have been a formal process so that I could contest it because if I had had the opportunity to contest it because the the Department of Aging and Disability Services had adopted the program from the Department of Motor Vehicles, Connecticut Department of Motor Vehicles, the DMV had a hearing process. When the Department of Aging and Disabilities took it over into the driver's training program, they did not similarly graduate the hearings process, appeals process over. And they should have because it's required by regulations by law and by the Constitution in terms of due process. So um, they did a lot of damage because if I had been allowed to do my driver's test, I have a pretty spotless driving record to begin with. More than likely, I would have passed. And I would have had five months to spend visiting my mom before she died in October. So, you know, I... The, the only time I had not been in the same room with my mom in two years due to COVID and then the loss of this driving, this chance to take a driver's test, <laughs> um, I was in the room with her on the day she died in, in the hospital room um, because the local bus service, we were able to kind of skew it as I was going for a medical appointment. It wasn't mine, it was my mom's. But the bus is only supposed to be used for certain things, the local bus service. So... If they had not denied me, you know, there's a multiple, this caused tremendous harm. That denial caused tremendous harm. So before I get back into that horrible program, I want to be sure there's an appeals process because if I had been allowed to contest it, it may have been discovered that the driver's training program, in fact, did not require emergency braking. Emergency braking, um, which I think is what led to um, her requirement that I have to have this stupid fucking harness. And now everybody has to have a harness, whether they need it or not, even though you have a seatbelt and the wheelchair has a seatbelt, you've already strapped in with two belts. So if I had been 
offered the opportunity or given the opportunity to contest the decision, I may have been um, approved to take the driver's test because I did everything I was supposed to do. So because it's been sitting and, and then my wheelchair crept out, that took five months for repair. The wheelchair that has a special pin so I can lock in front of the steering wheel and drive. Um, that took five months for repair. So I'm like, I'm not driving in this kind of weather right now. January is now manifesting in March here in Connecticut. Um, you know, I can't drive the van. I can't even, I've been told, I can't even drive it in my driveway. So because of that, because these new vans drain, and because it's an adaptive van, they drain the battery nonstop. So that's why the battery keeps dying. Well, in part, they did a wrong installation on two of the batteries. <laughs> so um, they're supposed to come and get it this week, jumpstart it, and we're going to have a electrical charger system installed for a couple hundred bucks. It's worth it. And I can plug this unit. Plugs It, it is an um, electrical charging unit that plugs directly into the battery. And the plug comes out of the front grill or vent. And I just plug it into the wall socket in the garage, and it detects when the battery is running low on a charge, and it recharges it so that I don't keep having a dying battery. Well, that, that's at least a solution. So it's a solution, and, you know, that's how these newfangled computerized vehicles are to begin with, but also when you're talking about an adaptive vehicle, you know, you've got to have the electrical system to, you know, deploy a ramp. And so, but, you know, it's like, uh, why didn't you tell me about this before, after I'd been in there three times recharging? Right, that? just noticed that, <laughs> you know, did we? I mean, the stick to the bedding. Yeah, when I threatened Lemon Law, it's like, oh, there is a system. But I was like, well, why didn't anybody tell me? I didn't know this thing existed. So, uh, because I work out of the home anyway, so even if I had my license and was driving, I'm, I'm not. There are there are going to be stretches of time where I'm not going to be driving. You know, I'm not going to need to go to see a client. I'm going to be working. And, right, and that so and that, and that trickle the- that trickle charge will kill you. I, I, you would think I would have figured this out, but while we were in Birmingham, mm-hmm. um, I just mm-hmm. left my charger plugged up in the car and went out one day and. The, literally, the day we were leaving Birmingham, car was packed. I mean, packed. Um, and press the button and nothing. And came and got a got a jump, and and went on left Birmingham. And had the battery tested at like an advance or whatever when we got to Florence. Um, and they were like, no, your battery's great. And shortly thereafter, I did figure out. And so now anytime I get out of the car, I unplug the charger because that trickle charge will drain you if you don't drive it every couple of days. Uh, Randy Radar said uh, the batteries on modern cars are drained by the security system, if nothing else. Yeah, so exactly. So multiply that by a hydraulic lift system, 
um, a ramp deploy system, <laughs> you know, um, you know, the computer system itself. I mean, every, you know, when I, I knew there was a problem because the remote starter wouldn't work. <laughs> it would like click and then it's like, oh, really, rrr, rrr, and then it would die. It's like, oh boy, there must be something wrong with the remote, remote starter. What else is new? There's always something wrong, you know? But I, they told me, get in it and rev it and run it. I said, so I did. I would be in there three to five minutes revving it, but it's not enough. You've got to actually be driving it. So, um, yeah, that's um, all of those things because when I press that button, it has to deploy the ramp, whether the car is running or not, you know. So um, there's a lot of things draining on it, and unfortunately, mine's, mine's a 2020, Wanda's a 2020, and uh, I'm scared of that thing. I really am. I am scared of it. But I was so angry that I could not shut the side door. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but um, <coughs> it's um, hopefully this will resolve it. And there shouldn't be too much of a drain. Um, they, they were supposed to get back to me. And, you know, you have to unplug the charge safe. Do I have to unplug the charger every time I just want to run it, or do mostly, you know? But I didn't get an answer on that. But my my fear, I hate this driver's training program. Um, the, the occupational therapist and the instructor, who um, is the main instructor for the program, they're both. I think they're 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 both incompetent and. Um, They've made my life a living hell when I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And the problem is, is I'm afraid that they're going to say, we need to reassess you. Um, that's my fear. And that is going to be awful. So I would, I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, because it's been over a year now. There was one guy who she did the same thing to. Um, he, this is what the other instructor, I may have to hire her separately. She was really, really good, and I don't know if she's with the program. Um, but she said I could pay her if I wanted. I could hire her separately to retrain me. And I actually learned stuff from her, and she pushed me. Like, she really had me on the roads for three hours a week and really pushing me to all environments, city, winding roads, everything. The other one didn't. Um, and... So I actually learned, like I learned how to drive this bigger vehicle um, from a wheelchair. And um, she had told me that there was a guy who, um, had, you know, had very, used very weak upper body, weaker than mine, um, my upper body strength. And she had him out on the roads and he was gaining strength. So he was able, he probably, I think he needed more adaptive equipment than me. And um, he was doing really well. She did the same thing to the poor guy. He was on the verge, the occupational therapist, he was on the verge of taking a test. She said, no, he has to have a harness. That set him back like it set me back. So for nine months, he languished as they were trying to figure out a harness for him. So even though she's just, it's a blanket thing she's doing out of paranoia and liability concerns of whether you need it or not, but he weakened up. His upper body strength weakened. 
because he hadn't been in there driving regularly and using his upper body. She set him back. She caused that's untold damage because, you know, in order for him, he had to use those muscles. Um, so it's a broken program. There's a big problem. So I'm hoping that by get a letter out and say, look, by May 1st, there needs to be hearings mechanism, an appeals mechanism, because this regulation, this regulation, this law says that it has to be, that they are obligated to do it. And once William Tong sees that, hopefully he'll do something about it. Because I don't want to go back into that program without having an option available. And that was the problem all along because those two would make a decision and tell me about it. I had no say. Um, but I was denied something. I was denied a driving test. So that's a very concrete thing. When I did everything I was supposed to do to get to that point. You know, and I lost, I lost a, going on a year. That set me back an entire year. That, that horrible decision that was un, uncontested. So hopefully, you know, if, if they can implement that kind of a, a hearing process, it'll keep those two a little bit more honest and know they're on the hook now. They're being watched and they're going to, their, their decisions can be questioned in a formal, formal way. <sighs> so that's what's going on there. God, I hope you get Homebound some relief. For two years. That's horrible. Yeah, I'm under. I'm under arrest by the state of Connecticut. Under house arrest, I've committed no crime. Yeah, without the I mean, and, and, and without and without the and, and, right and uh, without the with, with without the flashy benefit of the ankle bracelet. Yeah, without that too. Yeah, lucky me. So yeah, so I mean, the only good thing is you know I'm I'm pretty much staying away from COVID stuff. Um, I have to get a booster. I mean, I missed the fourth one. I, I, I usually get very sick after I get them, so I'm putting it off, putting it off, but I'm going to get it on April because I know it's probably all coming to an end. The free shots are coming to an end today, which is a big mistake. I think Biden made a terrible mistake with that. I don't know what the hell he's doing there, acting like, you know, I mean, Connecticut is still losing. Anywhere from 35 to 46 people a week to COVID. Yeah. It's not over. Here in Connecticut. Not over by any stretch it's of the imagination. We've lost over 12,000 people here in the state. At so, least, at least you, you know, at least you have reason to, to, to give certain, give an mm -hmm. amount of credence to your numbers. West, places like West Virginia and Florida, Florida, who freaking knows? But yeah, I, I, mean, I hope there's I hope there's some light. At the, I hope there's some light at the end of the tunnel for you. That you need you need to be paid for the for the aggravation alone that you put up with with this issue with Wanda. I agree, and I you know I've talked to two lawyers. Um, Neither one of them wanted to touch it. I mean, I mentioned a couple of times on that. I'm like, there has to be something here. Oh, it's not systemic. Or, you know, what is your, what is your, uh, what is your grievance or deficit or what, you know. And I'm like, 
I've lost the ability to go on job interviews. Um, I've lost the ability to, you know, spend time with my mom. I mean, I, I would have had the summer with her. At least, you know, the family got together, but I couldn't. I had to be piped in with the, you know, to FaceTime. That was five precious months that I'll never get back in terms of, of seeing her. You know, but they would do things outside um, where her her uh, nursing home, and um, I couldn't get there. I mean, I was able with the with really with a really good with a really good instructor. I was able to get drive down there with Wanda when we were on a roll three hours. Ago. I was on a roll. I was ready for this task. This one, this idiot occupational therapist who was overkill. She she completely derailed it unnecessarily. I'm not wearing this fucking this this harness thing. I'm not I'm not gonna wear it. You know, once I get approved, I'm not wearing it. I have a seatbelt on this. All she has to do is tell me to wear a seatbelt on the wheelchair, and I have a seatbelt in the van. And and what we would have discovered is that the emergency braking is not required by the driver's training program. That's what led to this problem. The emergency braking was not required. It's not it's not mandated. So I got denied my driver's test on something that wasn't even mandated. It wasn't required. And, you know, I think the emergency braking damaged the actuator. It, it contributed to the damage of the actuator on the, on, the, on the chair. And that's why, you know, it busted, and five months later, so for repair. So you know, you shouldn't be forced to have to do something like that unless it's a real emergency. You know, because you're damaging a twenty-eight thousand dollar power chair. There's just so much, so much wrong. It's just, it's just, you know, there's a lot of things that are precise, and a lot of information and knowledge you need, and you know. The program has yeoman's work in the sense that, you know, the ideal person would probably be an occupational therapist slash driving instructor. Um, and the driving instructor that I, who's a really good one, she's not, a, she's not an occupational therapist. The occupational therapist is no driving instructor. So, you know, it's tough to find that blend, that crossover. So, well, I don't know, Robin. The good news, I'm finally getting my, my platform lift is coming in. That project finally got started after three years. So I can actually get into the garage from the house. So there's something good Lord. There. Everything takes three years. Of course, it would probably take 20 here, so. Everything, you know, and it's a big project. So, but it took three years, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, just trying, having to, I mean, I'm going to talk because I got to get the dogs outside, and it's hard, it's risky to go in the snow with a wheelchair. Uh, <laughs> and then guess what? They don't make tire chains for those, do they? Uh, no, not really, no. And um, that's the other thing, that just getting repairs to the chair is not a nightmare. Um, 
But I, you know, I have to accept that I am never, ever going to be free of the state of Connecticut because guess what's got to happen in a year or two? I got to be reassessed for another wheelchair. So I'm, I'm stuck with the state of Connecticut on this for years because they helped pay, put some of the bill. So I'm never, I am never, I mean, my God, <laughs> 14 years ago, it was so easy to deal with the state because I was still ambulatory. They just, everything was easy. They were a really good crew. Everything was fast. Boom, boom, boom. Now it's a whole different ball game. Whole different ball game. They tightened up things. They, they got more restrictive and these are people that don't really care to do the work in my opinion. But so I get the car, you know, I get the wheelchair. In 2019, 2020, I finally get the van, I think, in 2021. Finally, the platform lift project is starting, started last um, month. And it's like, oh, finally, you know, if I ever get to drive the van on the public roads on my own, great. But no, <laughs> don't do it too long, darling, because you're going to be right back with the state again. I'm going to reassess the chair. Oh, God. And that's going you know, like to complete. That's like the van again. <laughs> that's that's like the line that. that it, yeah, it's like the line yeah. that Malloy uses. You know, if it ain't lice, it's bed bugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Well, listen, it has been a wonderful evening. I have enjoyed this immensely. And I'm, yes, I'm so I glad. So. I, I always enjoy our calls. Yeah. And likewise, by the likewise. way, Jude, Jude said, um, Darlene, you moved through everything. I will say your name out into the universe on Wednesday, International Women's Day. Grateful here and added Thank you. uh, your name, Robin. I will begin my day in meditation, holding those I sense. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and um, um, Alfie got a good report from the vet a year ago this time. He was at death's door. So... Um, there's not very many things I pat myself on the back for, but I am singularly proud and feel like I've really accomplished something saving this little dog because that, I mean, that stuff and IVs and sticking needles between the shoulders, which I have to do still, I still have to do that when we get off the phone. Um, this dog is, his numbers are good and, you know, his kidney values have stabilized and, um, He's 16, and uh, that uh, I feel such a tremendous sense of accomplishment with that because it was a tremendous amount of effort. It still is, and money shelled out and doing stuff that I have no idea how to do that I didn't know how to do and didn't want to have to do. <laughs> you know, I never thought I'd be giving an IV to a dog. You know, so it, it's like. That I'm proud of. So, you know, and doing it all from a wheelchair, the IV treatment usually takes two people. So, you know, um, so at least that's a hell of a thing. That's that's a hell of a thing to say that you've done. Well, listen, Darlene, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Don't be such a stranger. You You too. Ring in anytime. Okay. Okay. (laughs) See ya. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Our buddy Darlene up in Connecticut.
which is a place that I need to mention more often. <laughs> we're here, we're here. I love hearing from Darlene. Uh, let's take a couple of minutes and check in with Scott. Hey, Scott, how are you? Wait, what's going on here? Yeah, um, I'm, I kind of hear you. Hmm. Are you there? Scott? I, I, I hear like a keyboard clack or something, but I can't hear you. No, almost nothing. Wow, that was strange. Oh, let's try again. Are you there this time? Nope. Uh, we'll try again tomorrow, okay? I don't know what in the world's going on here. I hope, this, I hope Skype's not going sideways on me. It's the last thing I need. So thanks, everybody. We've still got... Uh, thanks, uh, Uncle Mark. We've still got 50 bucks to go um, in our uh, fundraising challenges for, uh, courtesy of Cat and uh, uh, Ralphs. Thank you both. Maybe that'll happen overnight. Um, I had a great suggestion about, you know, putting out text message alerts or something, but... I don't know anything. I don't know anything about setting up like a group text or you know opt-in or anything. I don't want people to get. It. But anyway, it's another thing to look at. Thanks everybody. Thanks so very much. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff in the chat room this evening. Uh, thanks to uh, Steve from Georgia Stan. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Roger, as well. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you. Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe, y'all, please. And leave a comment over at Podbean or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the program. Stitcher, um, Spotify. We're all over the place. Like it, subscribe to it, and leave a comment. It's easy and it's fast. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop, and hopefully some exciting news coming here in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Please stay safe, get your booster, get your flu shot, wipe down your surfaces, help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask. Like Darlene said, it isn't over. 
Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Take some with you, pocket or purse, wherever you go. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. Well, hello, socks. Hey, buddy. And, uh, of course, if, uh, if if somebody comes towards you saying, I need life insurance because uh, the, the GOP mafia is after me. I know. Ignore ignore her like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>